Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis, and today we're going to take a look at the Sugar Babes on tour, on their comeback tour. Well, what can I say? It's a two-truck show. A two-truck show full of Sugar Babes? Surely not, but it is. It's definitely a two-truck show because there's only two trucks in the yard and they've near enough finished to build at 11.24am. So... I don't know, they've nearly finished the build. Well, they're not forking anything else onto the stage because they're about to put in the mojo barrier. So let's have a look at what they've actually got. So, hanging at the back of the uh, stage, you have a black silky drape and a mirror ball hanging from the ceiling on its own in front of it, around just about a third of the, st- a third of the way down from the back of the stage. They've only got two lighting bars, LX1 and LX2. So LX1 is pretty much online with the front of the stage. And LX2 is right at the back of the stage, just above the backing drape. And what do they have? Well, on uh, LX2, they have eight moving head spotlights, which are going to be LED units. Then on LX1, they have 16 spot units and on the stage itself I'm not sure if these are in the final position possibly possibly in a horseshoe arc from the front of the stage going backwards so tapering backwards you have five truss dollies with some uh, wash units on there some LED battens and a few other units here and there I'm not sure what they are just off the top of my head at the moment but I, once I have a closer look I shall find out. Behind this half stage horseshoe you have the live band which will set up just behind it. So they're in, they're are, they are in view but they're not the main focus. The girls, the three girls will be on this small confined section of the stage which to be fair as they don't play instruments and they're just singing and singing live I might add uh, they don't need that much space, uh, stage space because none of them are dancers either also stage left and stage right you've got a few uh, lighting booms with some uh, LED PAR units on there some point in across the stage and some point in towards the front of the stage and you've got a couple of moving head units that are on the floor behind the band riser as well so very basic setup they don't need a massive setup because at the end of the day they're just singing and this is their comeback tour so so they're going to try and save as much money as they physically can to make this work the show hasn't fully sold out today so what the arena has done is They've had the uh, seating out at the back of the arena and they've brought the uh, tiered seating from the sides in towards the middle to make a wall because the seats are all folded up, uh, they're in their stack but they've uh, basically closed the walls in a little bit to give the main arena floor a fuller feel. We'll be back after this. So not only does Master X Media have a series of podcasts, but we also have a series of books. 
the first book is actually two books, it's volume one and volume two, of a tribute to working at sea. The best fiction is based on truth. This is a compilation of short stories, rants and poems loosely based on the author's experience at working on a cruise ship. Some of these stories are based on actual events but highly exaggerated, whilst other stories are pure fiction. The title of the book A Tribute To is fitting with the tone of the book because like a tribute act, it is a blatant altered reality where you can enjoy it knowing it's not quite the truth. There are things of alcoholism which used to be highly prevalent within workers in the cruise industry as well as stories with a sexual nature. So sit down, relax and enjoy the ride of A Tribute to Working at Sea Volumes 1 and 2. All of these books are available on Amazon and are available in paperback and on Kindle and the links for all these books are in the description below. Sugar Babes are a British girl pop group composed of Mutia Buna, Keisha Buchanan and Siobhan Donaghy. The lineup changed three times before returning to the original lineup in 2011. Formed in 1998 by All Saints manager Ron Tom, Sugar Babes released their debut album One Touch through London Records in November 2000, which achieved moderate success and produced a top 10 single Overload. In 2001, Donahay departed the group and was replaced by Heidi Range. With Range's introduction, the group experienced a higher level of commercial success and went on to release three multi-platinum albums, Angels with Dirty Faces in 2002, three in 2003, and Taller in More Ways in 2005. In December 2005, Buna left the group and was replaced by Emil Berabar following the release of their first Greatest Hits album. The new lineup released two further studio albums, Change in 2007 and Catfights and Spotlights in 2008. In September 2009, after nine years in, in Sugar Babes, Buchanan, the final original member, was replaced by Jade Ewan. Range, Berabar and Ewan released the group's seventh studio album, Sweet 7, in 2010 after which they signed to RCA Records before taking an indefinite hiatus in 2011. That year, the original lineup reformed as Mujer, Kesha, Siobhan and released the single Flatline. The trio regained the name Sugar Babes in 2019 and recorded a rendition of the song Flowers with DJ Spoonie. In 2021, the Sugar Babes just re-released their debut album One Touch in honour of the album's 20th anniversary with plans for new music. Sugar Babes have achieved six number one singles, Freak Like Me, Round Round, Hole in the Head, Push the Button, Walk This Way and About You Now. The Spice Girls are the only British girl group to have had more. They have also released five UK top 10 albums, four of which are certified platinum in the UK and have been nominated for six Brit Awards winning for, Brit for Best British Darts Hat in 2003. They have been a long term fixture in the British tabloids due to their several lineup changes and alleged group infighting. Right, so other endeavours. In April 20, in April 2007, Mattel teamed up with the Sugar Babes to create the new themed Barbie collection which was released only in the UK in that May 2007. The Sugar Babes also told reporters that they hoped to branch out to other areas such as a makeup line. In, some, in September 2010, the Sugar Babes released their own fragrances named Tempt, Tease and Touch. And they've also done a bit of philanthropy, so their cover of Aerosmith and Von DMC's Walk This Way, a collaboration with Girls Aloud, was the official charity single for Comic Relief in 2007. 
recorded at Comic Relief co-founder and, trust, and trustee Rich Curtis's request. On the 27th of January 2010, the Sugar Babes performed at the Fight Cervical Cancer event, an event which aims to educate women about cervical cancer. So the members of uh, the band are Keisha Buchanan, Mertia Buerner and Sharon Donahay and the additional members of the band that came over the years was Heidi Range, Emil Berabar and Jade Ewan. And their discography is One Touch in 2000, Angels with Dirty Faces in 2002, Three in 2003, Toilet in More Ways in 2005, Change in 2007, Catfights and Spotlights in 2008 and finally Sweet Seven in 2010. Right, so on the touring circuit, they've done Angels of Dirty Faces tour in 2003, The Three tour in 2004, Toilet in More Ways tour in 2006, The Greatest Hits tour in 2007, Change tour in 2008, The Sacred Three tour in 2013, UK tour in 2022. That's this tour. Right, and they've supported Blazing Squad. <laughs> In on their UK tour in 2002, No Angels on the Four Season Tour in 2002, Take That the Ultimate Tour in 2006, Westlife the Wild Dreams Tour in 2022, and they'll be supporting Take That live at Hyde Park in 2023. Right, so that being said, let's get on with how the build is going. We'll be back after this. The War of Carnarvon Crescent by Paul Collis from Master X Major When a neighbourhood dispute explodes into an all-out war So Chaz Bruford, his wife Ellie and their young daughter Aurora move into Carnarvon Crescent They soon become aware of the troublesome next-door neighbour who makes a point of living in her house for over 50 years From the moment Chaz arrived and began to unload his new neighbour takes an instant dislike into him and she goes out of her way to make Chaz and his family feel unwelcome. The animosity quickly spirals out of control from both parties and the mutual respect gets lowered right into the gutter from the outset. Chaz comes to realise that this is not just any war, it is a neighbourhood war to end all wars. This book is available to buy on Amazon and this book is available on hardback, paperback and Kindle. This book is pure fiction and should not be used as a user manual. And we're back. So the more observant person will be like, why didn't you say anything about the PA system in the first segment of this podcast? Well, that's because they would not quite finished putting it in yet. As they're about to put the mojo in, they're just about to position the subs on the floor in front of the stage. So I don't know exactly yet what they're putting in, but it looks like they're just going to have a stack in either side of the stage, so stage left, stage right, and possibly one in the middle. I'm just looking for what's actually there. Possibly just the uh, stage left and stage right. The line arrays stage right are not in the air they're still playing around with the uh, units but stage left are up and they're one wide and they are 10 deep you have a smaller line array set foot set a little bit back pointing 45 degrees out for the uh, surround sound effect 
and that is only for deep interesting because I can see what the sound technicians doing with the stage left subs and for some reason they're actually strapping them together now why would they do that are they concerned that the uh, stack is just gonna dance its way forward ever so slightly during the show and then be touching the mojo barrier by the end I'm not sure but it's very rare that you'd do that and I'm not sure as to why they've done that to be honest because for me you just wouldn't do that because the subs are heavy enough on their own and I've never known a sub to come forward on its own anyways that being said the last of the bits of kit are being put onto the stage as we speak and they're starting to bolt the mojo barrier in position which means to me they really aren't going to put a sub in the middle of the stage in the pit right so next to happen on today's build is going to be the line checks of the band as well as firing up the rig to test it all and to tune the PA system and once we come back we'll be talking about the actual show itself we'll be back after this Check the mic and make sure it sound right boys Master X Media presents Lord of the Memes Bad Dog Farmer Frank's Filthy Fucking Farm and Bonnie Bouncing Baby Bastards all three of these books are meme books and they come up with some pretty brutal and hilarious memes which are definitely not for children or the easily offended. These are ideal gifts for Secret Santa, Father's Day or even birthday presents for the fun loving man. So why not take a chance and make his day when he gets to read a lot of the memes meme book. All three books are available on Kindle hardback and paperback on Amazon. So the lights went down on and the lights flashed white on the bass punches, so basically on the bass kicks so they went boom, boom. and every time it did that he had a white strobe and as this bit progressed he had a few more lights joining and then as it went those lights dipped down for it to become a, a white flash and it carried on and carried on and then they added in some uh, blues pinks and reds and then more of the uh, white punches from the uh, moving lights at the back of the stage pointing 45 degrees outwards with go by breakups and then as that bassy sound started to speed up it then formed a heavy yet uh, it then became a heavy version of push the button and as the uh, girls walked out that's when the song that's when the uh, bass morphed into the song so yeah that was their intro and lighting wise the show definitely had a less is more vibe going on with it and that's because the LED strips that were in the horseshoe were doing the legwork for most of the show and what we didn't notice earlier on during the build the uh, LX1 and LX2 trusses that are hanging up they also had an LED strip on there as well and they were working in tandem with the LED strips from the horseshoe 
Now also, those AD strips had the ability to strobe as well, so they'll either do a full-blown strobe or a very, a very deliberate pixely kind of strobe as well. So not all the uh, pixels were used on this strobe, which actually had a good effect, really did. Now one thing that I had noticed is a lot of these units were completely outshone by these AD strips. So sometimes the uh, AD profile units they would just get completely washed out by the uh, strips and unfortunately there's nothing you could do about that and those units would just completely outshine other units so there was a bit of hierarchy where it comes to outshining but what else can you do as i said uh, a moment ago it's about the budget and that's all it that's all what it will always boil down to budget so during the performance Every lighting state for each song had a basic wash and those washes were then changed and altered when mixed with the AD strips or the profile units or even the uh, LED pars that were on the booms as well. And, and also, I have to say, they actually had a uh, good traditional piece of lighting and that was the talk state. You can't go wrong with the traditional blue backlit talk state you get that on every kind of cabaret show you get that on uh, comedy shows and whatnot and you'll get them on band setups like this as well so it's a classic look and it'll always be that way it's just how it goes I have one gripe with the uh, lights of this show the face light the little face light that it, that the Shea had just completely got washed out and left the sugar babes in uh, darkness for most of the show they were mainly in silhouette and blackout yes you'll have the colours, washes, uh, backlighting them but you never got to see their face for most of the show I would say a good 70% not 75 but 70% of the show you just couldn't see the uh, sugar babes faces which was unfortunate and that's what happens when your white lights just completely uh, get outshone by other lights that are on the side or pointing 45 degrees upwards or even those uh, AD strips just completely suck the light off their faces and they did rely heavily for the face light on the AD pars on the booms either side of the stage on downstage left and downstage right but it just wasn't enough there just wasn't enough punch on it and what else can you do yet again it's all down to budget now sound wise oh this was definitely a game of two halves when it comes to the sound now it started off very very bassy now bear in mind there wasn't that that many yet uh, subs in the uh, rig but they completely overdrove those uh, subs so in total there were six subs you had three stage left and free stage right and that was it uh, so sometimes well the first couple of songs were very very bassy and then the next couple of songs they were very very tinny and not enough bass so what happened here was the uh, system was calibrated for the room being completely full and it wasn't even with the walls closed in a little bit to help um, make it feel a lot more fuller than it was visually it looked full but there was just so many gaps in there there wasn't enough people absorbing the sound 
which unfortunately the uh, sound engineer had to wrestle with uh, with the uh, settings during the show and it turned out the first few songs are too bassy and as is correcting it too tinny and then it was corrected by halfway through the show which it was unfortunate but for me as a as another professional if i went to see a show and paid money to see a show and the sound was only controlled after uh, half the show i wouldn't be that happy although that's me being picky because i've got the professional ear and a lot of the a lot of the people out in the audience probably wouldn't have uh, noticed that or if they did they probably wouldn't complain about it because they were seeing their favorite band now how were the sugar babes well i have to say that having seen them live because i've never seen them live before i've only ever heard them on tv which nine times out of ten back in the day might have been mimed i say might asterisk 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 or it'll be cd quality sound and that's just how it was when it was the early 2000s but i have to say the girls the original lineup have not lost their vocal ability one bit they've kept that vocal ability and they are just as talented as vocalists as they always have been now also the in-between patter between songs that was good as well it was entertaining it was to, and it was to the point there wasn't any waffle in there so they'd talk about something briefly they'd address the audience briefly they'd uh, introduce the next song and that was it no waffle no long-winded awkward pauses or whatnot they were just professional and diligent enough to do their songs do a little bit of patter in the talk states and move straight on swiftly because their set really wasn't that long and to be fair it could have been longer but at the end of the day that's just how this show rolled it was just over an hour of them being on stage and they went on slightly later as well so they just basically went through hit heart after hit after hit and kept the patter down to a minimum and also the girls were completely in vocal harmony throughout the whole show so well done to them I couldn't hear a bum note that I've that sometimes you get on uh, live performances I didn't hear any of that all I heard was top quality singing minus the uh, glitches within the sound at the start of the show so how did the audience react well they tonight they were all fans everyone that was in there was a fan it was really I think it was as close to a 50 50 mix between male and female as I've seen in a long time actually and everyone was singing to the sugar babes they were dancing they were swaying and at some points the whole of the uh, floor was just an undulating uh, <laughs> load an undulating mass of people just swaying as well and it was good i love seeing that in a gig that's just that's how you know that everyone was enjoying themselves after every song they had a massive applause and rightly so You'd get people cheering and the odd whistle as well were in between songs. So yes, the audience loved them. And I really do feel that a lot of uh, audience, they felt that they had value for money. I'd like to see uh, if there's many complaints about the sound, but that's not my department. It's just 
at the moment they'll get it feels like the sugar babes are warming up ready to uh, continue in their stride and it's just a pity that they weren't anywhere as full as they could have been but i do feel that after this tour once they've got back into the uh, national consciousness that they'll be able to fully fill out a uh, arena again and maybe in other venues that it could probably be a full sellout it's just in this part of the part of the world in the Cardiff International Arena it just wasn't as full as it could have been perhaps but I do feel that once they get more airplay on the radio when they start releasing new songs then that they'll be able to continue this momentum that they've started to build since they've been back if you've enjoyed today's podcast please hit like subscribe and share and if you haven't already done so why not check out more content from Master X Media by clicking the link in the description below and we shall catch you next time. Bye for now.